A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, I'm Victoria Meyer, host of The Chemical Show. This week, I am delighted to speak with the man of the hour, John Foley, CEO of the newly formed Verdant Specialty Solutions. Verdant is a specialty chemical company that recently got formed through the acquisition of a carve-out business from Solve. John is an accomplished leader with 30-year experience in specialty and commodity chemicals, and we're going to have a great conversation about what he's doing with Verdant and other things. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so delighted to have you here with us. So, Let's get right to it, John. You recently helped OpenGate Capital acquire the amphoteric surfactants business of Solvay, and you're now heading up the newly formed company, Verdant Specialty Solutions. Can you just tell us how that came about? Yeah, no, I'd uh, love to. Uh, Approximately one year ago, I was faced with a career change, position change. My former private equity role ended. And I had been all in in that business and activity to to get it to the finish line. And immediately afterwards, you know, pause, took stock on what I wanted to do next. And I knew I wanted to lead another middle market specialty chemical company. So I really took two main actions. One was to talk to all my executive recruiter friends in the industry about what opportunities might be developing. And I ran that track, but I also had a strong focus on finding the right private equity partner and opportunity. So that track, some of my investment banker friends um, introduced me to quite a number of private equity firms. I must have spoken to 20 or 25 different firms really looking for the fit for the way I like to lead and manage and interact and for the the business strategy where they were interested. And in the end, I worked with a couple different firms, but by Q3, I was working exclusively with OpenGate Capital on the West Coast, where I found that they they had a good mix of my personal style and interaction and business vision. And they also had a strong focus on carve-out, so corporate carve-outs which is a unique way to buy a business. And it can be complicated to carve out assets from a major company and then stand them up and operate them as an independent business. So they had done over 30 corporate carve-outs. So we immediately looked around at what was available. We worked on a couple different deals last fall before concluding the Solvay Amphoteric Surfactants business. So it took a little while to close it, but that's what's brought me here today. That's neat. So you worked with Salve for a long time. So did you have experience with this business previously? Well, I did. Yeah. As we went through the deal, I spent 26 years with Salve and its predecessor company. So so I still consider Salve to be my primary work family. So many friends and colleagues. I did have exposure. This business was part of Salve Novcare, of which I worked in for approximately 10 years. So both when the acquisition was made, Solve bought this business in, in 
2009 from an entrepreneur, Bill McIntyre. I wasn't directly involved at the time, but then eventually I was general manager of North America and had oversight over the business. So, so I was familiar with it for sure. Cool. So, you know, Amphoterics are not a new business or market, as you said, it's been around for a while. Salve had, you know, it, this business existed on its own as it grew. Salve took over for a decade or more. And now here we are again in a somewhat independent mode. How do you expect to bring success to this business as a standalone? Ah, good question. I guess first, I mean, the amphoterics are factants. You described they're not new. You know, not many chemistries are new anymore, right? A lot of it been around for a while. I think here what we have is we have a, a, an interesting technology with strong market growth, in part driven by COVID, but you know, just global growth of this particular class of, of surfactants has been strong. But I think the opportunity for us to bring more success to this business, it, you know, understanding how it developed as a business. You know, the McIntyre, Bill McIntyre founded the business, I think, as many entrepreneurs do. They brought a lot of energy, a lot of growth, development, strong customer focus, and really grew a successful business that made impact in the market. So that attracted Solve to acquire the business. And I think what Solve brought over the last decade of ownership is a strong commitment to upgrading the safety, the compliance, the processes, the team. I left Solvay in 2015, uh, which had been the last time I'd been at our University Park plant, for example. And when this business came up for sale, my message to the OpenGate team is, well, I have to go look at the assets before we conclude. I was deeply impressed by what Solvay had done in the five years since I left. So culturally, asset-wise, productivity, they made a huge contribution to the point where last year, this business with stable fixed cost was able to increase production double digits and take advantage of the increased demand. So, so they, they've done a good job. But you know where the business is today and the opportunity is probably a little bit too much of a big company focus on process and, and simplification and all those you know, functional excellence areas. And they've lost some of the entrepreneurial drive and energy and customer focus in my estimation. So what we're going to do with this business is maintain the strong focus on safety, compliance, supply reliability, but we're going to bring back that DNA, which is still embedded in the business, that entrepreneurial mix. And even this morning, I was on the phone with a key customer in the personal care business and a couple of team members who were part of McIntyre stayed through Solve. And I have to say, they're just delighted or excited, you know, for the opportunity to do it. So that'll do it. The second thing I would add, if I may, is we won't stop here, you know, with this amphoteric surfactant business. We really consider this a platform, a great set of assets to run with and build the team around. But but we're fully intent on adding on technologies, additional market segment exposure and on the right track, even if we're limping on the right road, we're on the right road towards success. That's great. So I think, you know, the whole aspect of carve outs and private equity hold a bit of mystique to a lot of folks, right? So you've got experience in this, but it's just taking on a carved out business is a unique challenge. So how do you approach this in terms of thinking about, you know, what are your keys to success? What do you do first? Do you, you know, what do you consider the most critical success factors as you, I guess, in some ways, relaunch this business with its new ownership and new structure? 
Yeah, well, maybe a couple comments. The, the first on just successfully carving out the business, right? Because it is a daunting task, almost like a transplant, right? We're unplugging the business from former parent and starting it up on its own. So that's where, you know, both first making sure there's a good team coming across. And in this case, we received a lot of great team members you know, the plants are coming over, so the operation side, and then the right level of commercial talent. And then supporting that, and it's really critical, our transition services agreements from Solve. So we have approximately 30 agreements, which, you know, allow us to continue to access support from Solve while we complete our transition. Now, we want to do that as quickly as we can because, frankly, it's expensive and we're not on our own until we finish that. The other part is that we brought in from the OpenGate Capital, I call it the ecosystem of consultants and experts. We have really a dedicated IT consultant who will help us select and implement our ERP system. Jedi Knight of HR, you know, global HR to get our programs and finance. So we're getting that great operations support from OpenGate and the consultants to stand up the company. But that just gets you to where you're operating, right? You can continue, you can run, and then how are we going to create the vision going forward, which is a different answer. And here, you know, for me, it's the same basic playbook that I've been running for 20 years of general management in businesses. It always starts with the team. Now, we're inheriting a team with a culture that's intact, but we're recruiting uh, new people. And I think particularly for a business like this, establishing that teamwork and team-centered system is critical. The next thing we're going to go about is really complexity reduction. I like to make things very simple. And some of the large global organizations in our industry are quite complex on how they run businesses and make decisions. It gets them to an optimization, you know, globally, but difficult and slow. So we'll simplify things. And then a strong focus on profitability. I also find many of the major companies that I've been associated with or observed, they have a strong, strong volume orientation. I've often heard, or I've often said that you never get fired in the chemical business if you keep your plant full and blame your competitor for your profitability level. No kidding. Yeah. We're going to team, we reduce complexity, we focus on where we add value and we get paid for it. And, and that seems to also unleash, liberate some resources for growth. So long answer. No, that's a great one. Because in, in fact, that, I mean, it segues pretty well because, you know, into one of my next questions, which is really this whole aspect of success is going to come through your people and execution and forming a new culture, right? And to a large extent. So what's interesting is, because to a large degree, you've got people that came from McIntyre, which had its own culture. They came into Solve, which has its own unique culture. And now you're going to be Verdant. And what do you want Verdant's culture to be? And how do you help form that? Yeah, I think, you know, we're talking about that and using symbols. In my initial town hall, you know, we use several symbols like, uh, you know, team. I mean, team is at the center of it. And all companies talk about team, right? But but th this one is really one integrated team navigating the key priorities, safety, compliance, reliability, but also generating EBITDA and cash, generating value, right? And I think that part of how we work uh, has to be seamless. It, it can't be an industrial team focused on how low can they make fixed costs, a commercial team on let's focus on variable margin. You know, we really need one team understanding all elements of a business, bringing 
uh, balance to the business and making decisions as a unit. So that is a key for me to establish, particularly with the leadership team, but we'll drive it all the way down to the plant, plant floor uh, to start making decisions like that. And it, it's been fascinating for me. I mean, people I've known for a long time, but as we unleash this, the comments they make. And, you know, when I'm talking about value or value pricing with the commercial team, they'll say, yeah, but but if we lose that business, we have to reduce costs. And then the, the manufacturing saying, you know, if we just focus on profitable customers, we may lose focus on the less prof- profitable customers, right? I mean, one of them told me that and I said, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's okay. What we're do. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're really working as one unit and you have aligned objectives and you're doing it. So we'll do that. And But I use things like we use the image of orca whales, right? They hunt in packs. I mean, we need to be hunters. We need to be, you know, a little bit of Marie Kondo, clean and focused and efficient. And, you know, the idea of relay. So use a lot of images to bring that to life and just kind of share with the team that philosophy and and it's a lot of discussion and spending time together to get really working as one one unit, one pack. But that that's what I'm excited about. I think what that's we cool. Do. That is exciting. And I have found certainly in working with different organizations that when you unleash these ideas, uh, many times people are like, "Yeah, I've been waiting to be able to make a change." Right. So I've been I've seen this as an issue for a long time, and I couldn't do anything about it. This is great that we can take action, focus in a different area, et cetera, right? So you figure out who's really eager to make that change and and identify those opportunities. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, so this is not your first rodeo, right? So you've run a PE-backed business before. Yeah. What would you say the lessons you learned in that experience and how are you applying them to Verdant? Yeah, great question. And it's not my first rodeo, but I still learn every day. I mean, and, and I love that part of it. I think in leaving the, you know, the global multinational where I spent most of my career, even within those units, I was typically running smaller businesses with the same playbook. So it wasn't such a leap, but I think then leaving that mothership, if you will, where you have all the relationships, all the resources, and then going into a private equity situation. Some of the key things, they weren't new, but I came to deeply appreciate how profoundly challenging it is to move a culture, right? And how many things you can do at at one time, you know, and the pace of change that you can drive. So I think what was important in this for me in forming the strategy on this initial carve-out, this initial acquisition, I was very much drawn to the idea of a carve-out in our space. Because I know if it's generally, if an asset, a business has been owned by one of our global leading companies, um, that they have invested in that business, move along the culture and the standards on safety, compliance, mechanical reliability, process safety management. I mean, the whole suite. And that's what's happened in this business. I mean, Solve invested their energy for over a decade to take an entrepreneurial business and bring it up to global standards. So that gives me great comfort as a starting point, you know, to then graft on top of that, you know, the entrepreneurial aspects that maybe you can't do everything well at the same time, right? So so if that focus with, you know, under most recent ownership was safety, compliance, supply, reliability, I, I think it came at a, a, a bit of a, a loss of focus with the customers and, and the growth. So we're going to bring that back. And I think that is 
one lesson that I'm reapplying as a starting point. And then once we have that culture moving, then we can take on maybe more entrepreneurial businesses or things that need to be upgraded or or improved once you have that critical mass. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, regaining some of your customer focus. How have your customers received the news of you guys taking over this business and taking a new step forward? Yeah. You ask very good questions, but no, I think it's still early in the process, right? And really gathering the feedback. I think some of the concerns I saw early from, from customers just wanting to ensure supply reliability, interrupted supply, you know, the transition, because they know it's a major change. So I'd say both our suppliers and our customers are following that and, you know, kind of a trust, but verify, I think with where it comes. Now, the fact that a number of our executives are well-known in these circles helps, but it's still a new company. Um, but I think overall, the reaction that really made me happy, you know, after we signed the deal December 20th, we announced it January 5th, and, you know, I heard directly from some of my industry contacts, you know, the congratulations, all those pieces, and even on some LinkedIn working groups and surfactant industry pieces where people were saying, you know, along the lines of, you know, we'll be watching to see if this new team can restore the glory of once was McIntyre Chemical, right? So what struck me, and I probably didn't really appreciate it fully at the time, is just the presence that McIntyre Chemical had in those markets. And because they were very visible, very, very strong customer focus. And people want that back. And I think that's a wonderful opportunity for us, right? It is. It's a great legacy to go back to, right? So we can't waste it. And we have to act quickly to, to move to restore some of the pieces that maybe have dulled around the edges. So I'm encouraged. Good. That's really great. So, you know, there's a lot of private equity interest in chemicals. I think there's a lot of private equity interest everywhere, but certainly chemicals and certainly specialty chemicals. What makes chemicals and specialties a good target for Pete? What do you see happening in that space? You've obviously been exploring this quite a lot before you landed on this deal, but what's making it attractive? Well, I'm not sure I'm the most qualified to, to speak for private equity on this. I'll give it a shot. You know, I think the part one is, you know, particularly over the last 12 months, I mean, I've worked in private equity for six years now for private equity, but over the last 12 months, I was deeply impressed or learned just the scale of the private equity industry globally. I mean, the not sheer number of firms and the vast sums of money that need to be put to work, right? It really was eye-opening for me. And I didn't think it should have been, but it was. So there is strong interest in, in the chemical space. I think people have had some good experience, some of the deals and, and feel there's some returns there. But I think also the industry has, you know, it's also undergoing great change on, you know, the global leaders seem to be, you know, and maybe COVID accelerated this, but reflecting on their long-term strategies, you know, what are the trends, sustainability, you know, new materials to kind of build our new sustainable world, right? And so as they focus on those targets, I think, and they look back at their portfolio, you know, what doesn't fit well, or where they just want to exit and raise money to fund what they see as their, you know, innovation-driven future, leaves a lot of businesses then available, right? And 
for a global industry where the capital is concentrated in global leaders, if they're exiting these assets, there needs to be other companies, you know, private owners that pop up and there's this pool of money and interest. So I think where private equity can align with, you know, operators, people who know the space and can look at the assets and see how to put them together in an efficient way to make money that, you know, there's strong support for it. Now, I, I don't know if it's a, a particular strong focus on chemicals for the for the global private equity industry, but they have a lot of money and there's clearly an opportunity here that needs to be filled. So Yeah, interesting. We'll see where this all goes, I guess. So you touched on, you know, some of sustainability as one of the trends that certainly is impacting the chemical industry. Verdant has chosen a name that invokes in many ways green and lush and you know, green, right? Where do you see that going for you guys? How is sustainability, green chemistry impacting your business? Is that something you see as part of your future? Yeah, I think uh, sustainability is an important part. I think it, the name also represents for me a fresh start, right? A fresh start for this business and where it goes. But no, I think no one can ignore the macro trends on where you know consumers um you, you, you know, the kind of products they want and what's being promoted by our value chain partners so i think we, you know we're committed on that path as symbolized by our choice of name as as verdant but and really see it maybe similar to safety and compliance it's not a destination it's a journey and there's a lot of work to do to continue to push our products and our business down the road of a more sustainable future. So for me, it is also holistic. It isn't just the products that we sell, the final products, but how we making sure we have a sustainable business that can support reinvestment in our people and our assets and our communities. And I think we do that by making products that people want as part of their portfolio long-term. So we have a lot of work to do there. I think it's a good start with amphoteric surfactants. They're in my view, some of the more um, more natural side with some of the raw materials and where it goes, but we'll be working along those lines. So John, you've been pretty open about an interest in future acquisitions to bolster Verdant's business. What's next for you guys? Well, I'm not here to make any announcements today. <laughs> But I can share a couple of things, which, again, have been interesting as we've worked on this deal. And once we got it signed, which was actually signed on December 20th, it was becoming increasingly clear to me that my private equity partners, the one area that I was starting to sense they weren't happy with me on already, completely happy with me on, was the amount of time I was spending on looking for new acquisitions. Because so we worked on you know, what we what we did early is really the criteria, you know, what we were looking for. And, you know, probably, you know, the regions, you know, we think about North America first, Europe second. I'd love to get to Asia, but we need to make sure it's the right deal and that we have the right team to support an Asian business, you know, to really make it a global business. The second area, technology, you know, we'll be looking for new different technologies to add to our portfolio to make it a more complete offer. And then also increasing our exposure on formulations and, and, and solutions, different market segments, because we have a heavy home personal care focus here. So we've set those priorities. We're screening companies and, and we have um, uh, received some inbound uh, interest. You know, as a result of, you know, making the first deal, explaining our strategy and, and what fits. So people start to see what might fit 
for people who are thinking about selling businesses, both corporate carve-outs and then privately owned businesses, either PE owned or or, uh, entrepreneurial owners. And we're evaluating three or four at this time. And, you know, deals are hard to do. And you can't, you know, you have to have a willing buyer, a seller that agree to terms. But, but I hope that we can close another deal or two in the next three to six months. So it's moving along. And I think it is an important part. What I told the team, you know, just for initial priorities is safety, compliance, supply, reliability. We're going to really focus on customers and value. And we need to triple the size of the business within three years. And I think if it takes three years, I will have disappointed a lot of people, including myself. Interesting. That's a great goal. You know, tripling in three years is uh, quite a good ambition, but it should be doable. Piece of cake. I think so. Awesome. Hey, John, this has been so great. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I am looking forward to your future success with Verdant and all good things. Thank you very much, Victoria. All right. Well, thanks for joining The Chemical Show. We will speak to you guys soon. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.